0: Welcome to Press the Issue, a podcast for Master WP, your source for industry insights for WordPress professionals. Get show notes, transcripts, and more information about the show at masterwp.com slash press the Our mission at Master WP is to bring new voices into WordPress and tech every day. The new Master WP workshop series does just that. Our new live and recorded workshops on everything from code to design to business turn WordPress fans into WordPress experts. Find the workshop for you at workshops.masterwp.com. Use the code podcast10 for a 10% discount. At State of the Word a few weeks ago, Matt Mullenweg announced plans to begin labeling plugins in the WordPress directory based on cost and backing from the community. In this episode, Ali and Nyesha discuss the pros and cons to this plan and the ways in which this may affect plugin developers.
1: Hey, Naisha, how are you doing today? Hey, Ali, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. Happy Monday to you, and happy whatever day it is to anybody listening. So, yeah, today I wanted to talk about even though we are like a month and a half out from the event itself, I wanted to talk about something that Matt Mullenweg talked about in the state of the word back in December. And that's the introduction of these different plugin categories that he would like to introduce into the plugin repository. Those are solo community commercial and canonical plugins. And I remember when I was in New York listening to him talk about this I was sort of like, okay, I'm always down for more taxonomy, always down for more ways to organize lots of stuff. I mean, there's almost 60,000 plugins in the repository right now. And being able to provide more metadata about those plugins so that people understand what they are at a glance, definitely helpful. But I also had some like confusion and reservations about the exact way in which we've decided to do this. And so I wanted to chat with you about pros and cons because I think that while this is kind of like a decision based off of or, or aimed at business owners, plugin developers, it's also very much like a community decision and affects the way that everyone is going to be interacting with plugins moving forward. So I'm curious about your initial thoughts, your initial reactions, and kind of like what your impressions are of this, this decision.
2: Yeah, so... I was very surprised to hear this news when I was listening to the state of the word. For me, it is a I don't know what you would call. Uh, I think it would, I thought it would have been more of a touchy topic than it was, or that I've seen. Maybe it is, um, especially since we're still kind of fresh off how plugin developers were feeling about the growth chart situation when it, it um, disappeared. So I know it's been like a little bit of a what do you call it, like. Kind of, kind of a hot spot (laughs) when you talk about the plugins and developers and the way what we're doing with them. Um, At first, I was a little worried about this um, because my first initial thoughts was categorizing these plugins is going to lead, in my opinion, more people away from some of the plugins that may cost. And my reasoning with that is, you know, as this is a very American view, so it's it's kind of ethnocentric. I do want to admit that, but here it's like we kind of a lot of us kind of get into like paid is probably better. um. So that might be what drives people to more paid plugins. And honestly, it works with me a little bit. I Sometimes I feel a little bit more comfortable like buying paying for something a little more because I think the quality is there. Um, So I think a lot of plugin developers may use that to their advantage. I think if you're a good business person, you would um like, hey, you know, this may cost a little more, but look at this quality uh, support you're getting with it. Look at, you know, the the money that you're paying goes into what you're getting. And I think a lot of people were using that to, you know, kind of control their sales. I think introducing something like this, because we're going to steer people toward community and I'm doing air quotes based plugins. That's going to take, in my opinion, away from some of those premium plugins. Um, so I do see how some people would be concerned about it.
1: That's so interesting to me because I had the exact same assumption.
2: Okay, um, awesome. <laughs> which I
1: find that fascinating. I had the exact same uh, opposite assumption that my fear was that it would push people away from free plugins for that exact reason though, right? Uh, people look at it and say, oh, well, if there's a free version, if there's a free plugin that does X, Y, Z, say just say form plugins, right? I need a form plugin. There's a free version. There's a, um, you know, the paid version, a commercial pl- version. Oh, I'm gonna assume that the commercial one is better, and so I'm gonna disregard the free one. And I guess it depends on the person. Like you said, it depends on where in the world they are and how they view these kind of things. But it overall, it makes me concerned that people are going to jump to a conclusion based off of this this label without really and truly looking at the plugin itself. Because there's so many more things that matter about a plugin and whether you decide to use that plugin, that has nothing to do with how much it costs, if it has add-ons, if it's built by one person or if it's a community project. Like and I think that a lot of the average WordPress user, you know, we're inside baseball, right? You and I. The average WordPress user who doesn't read up and listen about all of this stuff, they look at a plugin and they say, Well, does it does it do what I want it to do? And can I afford it so it's interesting that we have this this, the opposite uh concern for the same reason
2: yeah and um that that was that was my first initial initial view on it and it's funny because like I was never as big as I feel like a a business-minded person (laughs) until I got into (laughs) WordPress which is not why I got into WordPress so that's funny but um
1: we also work for Rob and I think that rubs off on us
2: yeah, yeah, Rob. I'm ready to be like <laughs> woof of WordPress right now.
1: <laughs> but wolf um, WordPress, that's great.
2: But uh, I think on the flip side of that, um, I th- I think it could go the opposite direction as well. That's this is where I come to agree with you. So on the flip side of that, I think there are also a good there's a good number of us that, especially if we're using plugins for our business, when it comes into us making money. I think if there are more community back plugins that are not like uh, commercial, like they have the official WordPress and this is me looking at it as a like a customer or consumer. They have the official WordPress seal of approval and you know, it's backed by the WordPress. Why not? Why not go with the free one, you know? I would jump to the free one if I know it's being, you know, it has that extra seal of approval because I'll it'll put me in the mindset of why will I spend money on this plugin? when I can, you know, I can, uh, hop in and
1: that, that gives me a lot of concern as well. Like it kind of, I feel like it's going to make it harder for new plugin developers to get those sales and get those numbers. Yes. If people are passing over them for something that is, you know, officially recommended, which I think that out of the so out of the four options, we didn't really explain exactly what the four options are, but it's a free single person project, right? So one person made this plugin, and they put it up on the store. Entirely free community projects. I don't fully know what that means. I guess that means like a team of people has volunteers or maybe like the, the pods framework or something like that, where it's multiple people working on it together. Commercial plugins, like that's like Yoast, WP like these big plugins with big paid teams behind them that have premium versions, add-ons, et cetera. And then canonical plugins, which are officially recommended, community supported, entirely free. And I feel like in some of these, there's overlap, right? Like I could imagine Yoast would be a commercial and canonical plugin because they do have a free version, but they also have a premium version. I'll say that the canonical one gives me the most like reservation Mm -hmm. I think it's really cool to mark a plugin, a single person one or a community one, because as a user, I'm like, oh, that's really cool. This one plugin was built by one person, or this one plugin is a community effort. I think that's really cool. The canonical one, who is recommending that? Like, who decides that? Is it the plugin review team? Are there going to be votes? How how frequently are those... Plugins change all the time. How frequently are those votes going to be revisited? what does community supported mean? Who is the community? Is it just people on make teams? Is it your average user? Is it businesses? Is it individuals? Like that makes me really confused. And I mean, we have a lot of misunderstanding about WordPress in terms of wordpress.org and wordpress.com. So if Jetpack is sitting there as a canonical plugin with a little WordPress stamp you know, a little WordPress icon on it to, to indicate that it's a canonically like supported plugin. Is that wordpress.com automatic saying, you know, we support our own plugin. Is that the, like the average user is not going to understand the nuance of that. And that's Mm -hmm. where I get nervous.
2: I'm with you 100% on that. I think it takes some of the fairness out, especially, like you said, for newer plugin developers. Like, I'm a person who I've expressed interest in the past in actually creating a WordPress plugin. And it's actually something once I get past, you know, several hundred of my other proje- uh, projects, that I wanted, <laughs> it's something that I wanted to jump into doing. But, you know, with this, it's just a few things that have happened. I'm kind of been thinking like, what's the point? Like, is it going to be something I'm just doing for fun just to say I did it because it would be like entirely free single person project now? Or, you know, how can I compete with, you know, how can I compete with Jetpack? Um, Even if I, you know, even if a couple of, of us from work did it, we got our own little team together. Like, how would we fit into this? I do think it's it's I do think it's unfair for. Not even just like a single person, but like because there are we have people in the community who are well known or especially have worked with well known companies or well known organizations. Maybe they can get up going doing a single person project. But what about that little known that little to less known person in the WordPress community? What about that person who's new to, to the community? Maybe they just got into the community this year. What are they gonna do? How is that fair for them? So that gave me reservations too. Um, it just seems like there's going to be this cool kids club plugins side yeah. and then
1: it's yeah. it sounds like a breeding ground for you know competition potentially yes. unhealthy competition yeah it sounds like it's going to be a popularity contest and it just sounds like it's it's building barriers for people to be successful with plugin development and i think that like you know we've talked about this on the plugin in various episodes before of like wordpress going through this teenage phase right now where we're like, okay, well, we're open source, but we also want to be this big tech company. And, you know, sometimes maybe that means prioritizing systems like this that do create like financial competition and business competition over the whole Kumbaya, everyone gets a fair shot. It just seems like a weird hill to stake your flag on that, you know, plugins are so accessible in terms of like, if you are a developer who wants to get started building products in the WordPress space, plugins is where you're going to look to. And so by doing this, we're kind of saying, well, maybe not so much anymore. Like, I don't know if that's because of the whole, we're shifting everything to blocks now. And so we're kind of closing the gate a little bit on plugins. It feels very strange. And like, I don't think it's a hundred percent inherently a bad thing. Like I said at the beginning, I'm all down for more organization. I'm all about clear communication and organizing things and being, providing that data. It just, there's all these implications and there's all these, uh, I don't understand the infrastructure and how it's going to work for a net positive result.
2: I'm with you. I agree. Um, I said, and I thought about it. I can see both sides of everything. And I see the pros for developers, I see the cons, I see the pros for WordPress project, I see the cons. One thing I love about the WordPress project is that people aren't really opposed to trying new things. I love how adventurous they are. I know this is like a new thing and it surprised a lot of people. So, you know, I'm one of those people like, hey, let's try it. But the more and more I learn about it, I'm like, while we try this, and you know, trial and error, and they go and they go in and fix things. Who will get lost in that process? Will it be again the single person plugin developer that just started? Will they be able to survive a trial and error like this? So I'm with you.
1: Also, the thing of like you know, sometimes things happen. Sometimes plugins experience vulnerabilities. Um, mm. Sometimes they lapse in maintenance for a little while. You know, if you have a canonical plugin and something happens to it to where, you know, there've been times in, in my WordPress experience where it's like, oh, there's a very well-known plugin, but it's like, hey, don't update it, right, for a little while, or we're not using this one anymore because something, you know, anything could happen. What kind of a team of people is going to be behind making sure that we are not still, quote-unquote, promoting a potentially vulnerable plugin to millions of people?
2: Yes, that is a good, good
1: thought. What kind of responsibility does the project take? So if, if we're like, okay, what if all of a sudden WooCommerce has this crazy vulnerability and it's, you know, has the WordPress stamp of approval and a bunch of people are downloading it and all these stores get hacked? Like, does that create some degree of liability? And, you know, that's that's such a worst case. That's such a doomsday scenario, but it just... <laughs> It all of these things. I'm like, who's responsible for that? Is there going to be now an additional team responsible for this? Does all this work fall on the existing plugin review team? What if we have another pandemic and we don't have the people to do? Like, try not to be overly negative about it. I just, I I want to poke holes and see where where the cookie crumbles. I know you said you had read a couple of comments from like pe- plugin developers who had express some of their thoughts. Can you talk a little bit about what you read from from those folks?
2: So I was looking at one of the comments on Make WordPress when um, they were talking about the release. And one user, he talked about his uh, point of view on it. And I'm going to read word from word. Um, he said that this seems like a strange decision All of the commercial, in quotes, plugins are open source as required by WordPress licensing. And many of those have open GitHub repositories that encourage contribution. Why not provide a link to that and continue to encourage the open source development of all WordPress plugins? I thought that was a great like statement slash question. Like, aren't we constantly arguing about how we need more contribution to the project? And I think um, people hopping on these plugins, that might be That could be a way of them getting some of their first taste of contribution (laughs) to the project. And we're kind of cutting that off. We're kind of like, you know what? We're not cutting that off because that's not their intention. But we're kind of making it easier for them to kind of circumvent that and go to ones that already have like a, a bunch of support. And are we fostering new growth with that? Are we fostering, you know, more community development? Or are we just giving people an easy way in and an easy way out? I think that was a really, really, really great comment.
1: What about the response? I'm I'm looking at the response of the author as well.
2: Yeah, so the author said that it's actually just a matter of categorization, and community plugins are, you know, they want them to be clear that that's what it is. If it's a community plugin, it's mainly supported by a community. Not that it has a potential to be supported by the community. People can or can't contribute to it in the future. We're just here about you know pure labeling, but I think that ignores the connotations of what they're bringing up and a bunch of what we're talking about. It's like, yeah, we're putting labels on stuff, but as with anything in the world, even outside of tech, when we put labels on things, that does lead to other stuff. And we need to talk about it. It's important to foster that discussion.
1: Yeah. And you know, this is, I don't ever want to come in here and say, well, people didn't think things through. I know that, that the people who make these decisions think things through. I know that they care about not only uh, how this works, but its effect, right? I know that they care about that. It feels like from reading this that it wasn't thought through in terms of how the average user, what they're going to get out of this, what they're going to understand by this. And I I think that, you know, one of the other things the author said in that response was whether the software is open source or not is kind of irrelevant as all software in our directory is open source. I didn't know that when I started using WordPress. I went for me a whole year building <laughs> sites with WordPress and not understanding anything about open source. I would just go into the plugin directory, search for something I needed, kind of glance at the reviews and whatnot, and, and download it. And if there was something that told me, oh, this is community and this is commercial, that would affect the way that I would consume that product, hands down. I agree. And so, yeah, that's, I think that's my main concern is like, I think that there's merit to the concept. I don't know that the execution makes a whole lot of sense. And, you know, it's WordPress. Well, we might iterate on this and five years from now, we'll look back and be like, oh, we were worried about nothing or like, oh, it all all turned out. But like the way that it seems structured at the moment doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me for the, you know, 90% of WordPress users who aren't aware of what open source does or means or how it affects plugins
2: i'm with you i think we uh we overestimate as people in tech (laughs) we don't think (laughs) about how much the average person who's not in tech knows about tech no not even just like you know our software the wordpress project computers servers the way the way plugins work the way the internet works a lot of people do not know and this is supposed to be for users but If our users aren't properly educated and not saying that's a fault to them, that's just something they're not exposed to or something they don't know, we have to deal with that fallout.
1: And I mean, it would be really cool if there was some kind of um, like separate database that like a freelancer or, you know, an agency could pop in the name of a plugin and see this categorization and and understand, you know, okay, if I'm going to recommend a plugin to a client, maybe here's the information. But like front and center in the storefront for everybody to see, I feel like creates more confusion than it solves. But I agree. We shall see. Yeah. Thank you so much, Naisha, for chatting with me. I really hope that people continue this conversation. I want to hear a lot more about, you know, you and I are not plugin developers. I really want to know more about what the plugin. (laughs) Not yet. I love that. I love your energy. We are not plugin developers yet, but experienced plugin developers, I would really, really want to know how they feel like this is going to affect them, if they think it's going to affect them at all. Some people might just kind of have rolled their eyes and been like, yeah, this isn't going to do much, but I'm curious to know. Well, we will catch you in the next episode and see you around. Thank you, Naisha.
2: No problem.
1: Hey there. Welcome to a new segment of Press the Issue, listener mail. We want to know what you think about this topic. Specifically, how do you think WordPress as a community and project can bring the next generation into the fold? Tweet your response to underscore MasterWP or email your response to podcast at masterwp.com. Then tune in to our next episode to see if we read your response at the end of the show.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode. Press the Issue is a production of MasterWP. Produced by Ali Nimmons. Hosted, edited, and musically supervised by Monet Davenport. And mixed and mastered by Taran Bullock. Please visit masterwp.com slash press the issue to find more episodes. Subscribe to our newsletter for more WordPress news at masterwp.com.